Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here. Still waiting for Matt Watson to return from vacation somewhere in Texas. That being said, I've got a special guest with me today. Hello, hello. My name is Mason Gray of Great Digital Marketing and Design. So, hello, Mason. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm wondering where Watson's been, but I keep hearing Texas. I think he's probably doing all right down there. I just got back from there, so he's probably fine. He was also, I think he's in the same city that you were visiting as well. And that is El Paso. I thought it was San Antonio. It was San Antonio. You're right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, been kind of wanting to do this one for a while. So you're in the digital marketing business. Yes. What is that? Um, well, it, <laughs> well, it's whatever you want it to be. Uh, digital marketing is essentially how you distribute your brand's message um, through the internet, you know, through all digital spaces. Okay, so that's a pretty broad question and a pretty broad answer. So I think we can probably spend a little bit of time here talking about some of the ways that we can uh, do this, you know, what what it is, why, who, and, you know, where some of the channels are to do it. So as a business owner, a startup founder, someone that has a business that's been in business for 20 years or 20 days, all of this stuff can apply to me, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, this this should really be step one um, as far as starting a business. You, know, you you have your business plan, and then along with that business plan, you know, your digital presence should be right there. Okay. So, and you've heard me talk about this. Some, you know, I'm I'm a big advocate of uh, if you want to be in business, you need to look like you're in the business that you say you're in, right? Yes. Okay. And that pretty much in this day and age has got to start with some kind of website, right? Yes. Um, you know, websites are part of the mirepoix of, of starting your business, if you will. Um, you know, you have to have you have to have the website. It really identifies who you are, what you do, what your message is, and and where you are. That was maybe the fanciest word that someone's ever used. What was that? Mirepoix. Mirepoix. Wow. What does uh, that mean? That is a carrot, celery, and onion. That's what you use to start any good recipe. Interesting. Okay. So that's, you know, you learn something new during every episode of Startup Hustle. Hopefully today, that isn't the only thing that you learn. So, all right. So, all right. So here I am. Um, I've just launched my, I've launched my business. You know, I'm building a website. What are some basic things that I need to make sure that I have right from that most basic element? Absolutely. Um, one thing you want to do is, you, you know, Blake Miller, he was a guest on this podcast once yeah. and I was, I was talking with him once and he said something that really stuck with me. And it's one of those simple things that, you know, other people may not understand the levity of it, but he, he told me, he said, Mason, you need to decide what kind of digital marketing company you want to own. And, and that sounds really simple, but, but it's true. You need to decide what kind of business are you? Are you a service business? You know, what areas do you cover? Do you sell products in store? Do you sell products online? How, are you interacting with your prospective customers? How does that sale take place? And from there, you really need to determine the direction of your website. Um, you know, if you're a contractor that covers the Kansas City area, 
you know, you need to present yourself a little bit different than if you sell custom hats, you know, online. It's completely two different structures and they require two different types of website designs. I think you have a really good point. I think a lot of people don't do a great job of telling me exactly what business they're in and why I should be doing business with them um, right away. You know, I have this uh, phrase that I use called the flashcard test. And if, you know, it, think about how fast a flashcard, you know, it's literally called a flashcard because it's just like one, two, and then it's gone. Mm -hmm. So if I can't look at your website and know immediately what you're selling, who you are, where you're at, and how I can get a hold of you in like two seconds, mm -hmm. then your message isn't being effectively presented. Um, you know, I, I'm an old dog at this point, And, you know, when I when I first started doing a lot of online marketing and different stuff, you know, now content has made a big comeback, but at the same time, it, there's a there's a place for it. And putting a uh, 4000 word essay on your homepage. Yeah, probably isn't it. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we find that a lot, um, especially from the business owner. It's your baby. You're passionate about the product or service that you provide. However, me as a customer, me as a potential customer, I'm not looking for that knowledge. I have a problem I need solved. I'm looking for a solution, and, and you're really giving me too much of an explanation. Yeah, and I think that that's important, too. I've gone through that with uh, um, several past clients and people that I've worked with. And, you know, they, it's easy to think from your own perspective that all of the information is vital and it's crucial. And we care. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I've literally talked till I was blue in the face with some people. I'm saying, look, this is not why people are coming to your site. Mm -hmm. You're a dog trainer. Yeah. They don't, you know, like put this on another page, but not on the first page or whatever it is. So, okay. So what, what are some of the reasons why I should be embracing and using digital marketing, whether it's through my own efforts or through hiring a company like yours? Well, you know, the number one reason is, is simple visibility. Um, I don't know about you, but phone books to me are just that thing that gets left on my porch. Yeah, what's a phone book? Months right. at a time and right. sits there and then gets scooted into the bushes. Uh, that's, that's how people find you. 75% of all internet traffic begins with an inquiry because people are looking for answers. Um, so, you know, when it comes to digital marketing, you want to start by providing the most basic answer to their questions. So that could even be as something as simple as registering your business on Google Maps. Yeah. And in making sure you do it properly. Um, I'd say 75, 80% of the companies that we work with and have audited just from a directory and business registry standpoint have inaccurate listings or incomplete. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, one of the things that I've noticed in the past is, is when it comes to something like Google Maps, like Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it, you know, million dollar bedroom, I talk about thinking like a search engine, yeah. well, a, a search engine's more like or a directory is more likely to introduce you to someone if they feel like your information is complete and thorough. So for example, like Google Maps will let you put up five pictures and, and just different things and just filling it all out yep. and, and leaving a few things like that out just because you're trying to go too fast can be a pretty big mistake. And Sometimes people just don't even ever think about it or figure it out. Oh, you see it all the time. I mean, just think about ordering, you know, Chinese food in a new city. You'll see a place and you'll notice, oh, there's no website. There's no call button, you yeah. know, and it, you look right past it. Yeah. You know, they don't get a second glance. So 
One of the things that I think is a big why as far as why you should be using and, and really embracing digital marketing is the targeted nature. Uh, you know, you can, for example, with Gigabook, I'm able to be very precise in certain regards. And, you know, we'll, in a minute, we'll talk about some of the di different distribution channels, but I can get my message in front of exactly who I want it to. Now, the price for doing that is variable, but, you know, that ability to do that as well as, you know, the trackability of those results is pretty crucial to future success. But do you have any input or comments about that part? Yeah, the ability to specifically target your prospective customer is truly the, the essence of digital marketing. And you're right, it can get pricey, but at the same time, digital marketing, if you just have a wide open blast, um, how much money and time and effort are you wasting on you know, sending your message to someone who really doesn't want to hear it? I mean, I remember when you and I first talked uh, regarding Gigabook, you told me it can be used by everyone but I'm not necessarily looking to target every possible vertical and every single person. How do I market to 7 billion people? So you were really big on finding your specific audience and that can be done a multitude of ways. Uh, most commonly is, you know, social media. It's, it's the easiest way. It's the easiest way for someone who's not familiar with digital marketing and digital marketing capabilities and techniques to really get in and dig into figuring out, you know, who their customer is and how they want to target them. And, you know, I think you brought up a good point about the broad array of, of advertising that you can send out there. So, you know, I used to run a chain of piano stores in, in Washington, D.C., of all places. And this that feels like perfect sense. <laughs> sounds like 10,000 years ago. But, you know, at the time, digital marketing and, and really even the Internet was still very young and coming up. Now, at the time, the average uh, edition of, of the Washington Post had enough paper in it for the average American home to wallpaper every surface in their house, not just the walls, but also, you know, the ceilings, the floors and whatever. So now you have to think about the whole, uh, the whole act of getting your actual message heard. You know, we're completely inundated and surrounded by all kinds of ads on pretty much everything we look at, touch and see. So how are you going to go about standing out and how are you going to get your message heard? And that's a challenge because, you know, we really are desensitized to a lot of different types of advertising. Like on your way here, did you probably pass a bunch of billboards and advertising? Yeah, absolutely. And I, do you, you know, remember any of it? No. Yeah. That's my point. It, it, it doesn't stick out. You know, we're used to the, you have the basic simple advertising of, you know, you can buy this for 1999. Um, and, you know, that stuff serves a purpose. But when it comes to digital marketing, uh, we found I've always been a big believer in, you know, relationship building with our clients. And, and that all starts with providing a value and value is, goes beyond just the service of the product that you're offering. So with digital marketing, like I said, you know, 75 percent of Internet usage starts with an inquiry. So if that's the case. You need to present your brand and provide answers, unique information. It'll help me with more than just a place to check out. Um, give me some of the information that I'm looking for and explain it to me in such a way that it's not a, a, an expert telling me that's been doing it for 10 years. I know I have no idea what necessarily 
you know, that answer is what I'm looking for, but just presented to me in a way that makes sense to me as the layman common person. I think you're right. There's, and also that going back to your uh, comment about the definition of your own business. So if I'm trying to find a plumber, I don't, I probably don't want to watch uh, videos talking about your business or read a whole bunch of information. I probably, and quite literally have shit flowing somewhere that I don't want it to. And I want a phone number. I want a way to get a hold of you and maybe even know your availability. Yes. If that's possible. So I think that also the efficiency of, of, of delivering your message. And like you talked about providing a value. Well, that's providing a value too. You are saving me time. Yep. And the easier you make it, you know, one of the things I, I tell people when I talk to talk to them about their business or whatever they're doing online is, you know, the, the least number of obstacles that you can place in between your client or, or prospect and the cash register, the better off you are. Yep. It's like even down to, you know, when we design things in Gigabook, we, you know, we try to remove steps. Like, why should I have to make an, why should I have to create an account to schedule a haircut? Right. So, you know, it's a, it's the same thing with digital marketing is if, you know, you probably have one click to get these people to where you want them to be. And, you you know, there you go. That's your chance. Like, uh, you know, in some of the trackability items, you have a term bounce rate. You know, that's how many people hit your website and then bounce out of it without going to any other pages. Yep. And, you know, sometimes that's okay. And sometimes it's not, it really depends on what you're trying to do. But if your goal is to get them to go uh, a step deeper down the funnel, then a a high bounce rate is an enemy of progress. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you want to, you know, lots of times bounce rate happens through posts on social media, where we think what we're clicking on, you know, once we actually get there, this content has nothing to do with what I expected. You turn right back around and then you're ultimately just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. And I think that in regards to some of the marketing and here in a second, we'll talk about some of the different places to do it, but you know, would you rather pay a lot more for 10 productive visitors that converted into business or pay little tiny amounts for 5,000 that didn't? Yes. And that, and that's always the big challenge because, you know, much like many other forms of advertising, if you're not paying attention, you can be a lot lighter in the wallet before you really realize, oh, wow, this isn't working. And if you're using 10 different types of advertising and you're not tracking any of it, mm. wow, yeah, that can be tough. And I, I'll admit it as far as uh, advanced tracking. Uh, it's not really my strongest thing mm-hmm. in business. I'm trying to get a little better with that, but just general conversions, like how many of these ads turn into someone that signed up for a free trial or absolutely, or went to another page. So, um, as far as digital marketing goes, it, it, this, this can apply to anyone, right? Yes. Any business, every business, but I'm not a tech person, Mason. Well, how often do you hear that? Or have you heard that? I mean, uh, yes, I've heard that. I've repeated it to people. Yeah. Uh, I've also had people think that I've been assigned to have conversations with individuals who are the designated tech person. And then I get there and I wonder how they were given that role. But <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be something that you have to be an expert uh, on anything with. Just, you know, don't get in over your head. And if you're going to do anything, 
start the same way your customers will look online, research it. So if I don't feel comfortable doing something like this myself, then I have agencies like yours that can help. How do you guys go about helping? Or, you know, like I, some people I understand how our businesses haven't advanced knowledge and might need help. And then you have the people that are literally like, oh, God, where do I start? Absolutely. I mean, the first thing is just tell me what your question is. You know, why am I here today? Why, you know, why are we having this meeting? Where are you at? What are you, what are your goals? Well, you know, what are you looking to gain? Uh, a lot of people say, I know I need digital marketing or I know I need SEO. It's like saying, I know I need air or water. Exactly. Yeah. You know, why do you, I need to work out more. Well, are you trying to be healthy? You know, are you trying to live to be 95? I are you want, going I to a bodybuilding I just want to look good, but this is a different subject now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm Googling that right now as we speak, actually. I think that's where you got that up. I and want you, to look good. You're Googling Yeah, it, it just uh, it just has that, that you know, Google is like prefabricated spot that says you don't have a chance. So yeah. I'll address that later. But Facial recognition technology is getting. Yeah, it just knows. Advanced. It's like DeCourcy. You got a face for radio. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so when you're, so I understand the initial intake now uh, that as far as business owners and, you know, as startups especially are often working with this micro budget or maybe nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Can you start small with this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's things that you should do that take priority. They may not be the sexy side of digital marketing, but if you have the micro budget, if you're the startup, if you know where the cash flow is, you know you got to be very careful with it. Then you know first thing you got to do back to the what kind of business are you? Is how are you registered? How are you in? Uh, you know how's your information being presented through online directories? And is it the same? Is there is there LLC L period L period C on one? Are the phone numbers different? Have you recently changed your address from when you went from working out of your home to getting a new office, but you didn't go through and change it on every online directory? Those subtle changes and those subtle things can really have a major impact on the way your brand is presented, your company is presented, and how easily it can be found. You know, one thing, you saying that just kind of, uh, piqued my interest and, and uh, historical knowledge of my own failures in the past. Because when I first started my 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 very first business, we were just going wild. You know, we were put, trying to put it out everywhere we could, and we didn't keep track of where all those places were. And then later, we had to change our phone number. Mm -hmm. And my God, it took forever to track that down. Because you know, we we're, we we're stuck like you know googling our old phone number, trying to find places that we had it, and you know. Yeah, we didn't record anything. Yeah, we were just like, let's get this out there, and you know, you know, ready, aim, you know, aim, or anything other than aiming and keeping track of all that stuff was what we did. And uh, man, that was a freaking mess. And it happens all the time. Yeah, um, I, I think I was being modest when I said eighty percent inaccurate listings. It's it's been like ninety nine. Um, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, it's funny too. I was talking to someone the other day about reviews. I, I personally believe that 80% of reviews aren't, aren't legit. Yeah. Um, I always find it to be funny because when I see a review that's like 800 words long, yeah. I, I just, I never give it any credence because I'm like, there's no way that a real person, I think the reviews that you get that are like a sentence long mm -hmm. are the ones that have a likely chance to be real. Okay. So we have this ocean 
of digital marketing and options and literally an infinite amount of places that are willing to accept an infinite amount of money. Yes. Where do we start? Um, Actually, you know what? Let's, let's segment that. There's places you can start when you have no money and there's places you can start when you have some money. Yes. So you mentioned something like a directory. Now, there are definitely directories that are useful for industry specific yes. people. Is that what you're referencing mainly? Well, okay. So there's around 70 major online directories. Okay. And those actually disseminate your company's information to another around 400 online directories. Okay. Um, we don't think of them. We don't go to Foursquare. You know, we rarely, that's like the only one that most people recognize outside of, you know, your Google and Yahoo and all that. But that information still needs to be the same. And when it's not, then it creates this conflict and it, it essentially illegitimizes your business in the eyes of, you know, the internet overlord Google. Um, so that's where I would start. Those, those services are really simple to get started on. If you're starting a brand new business right now, copy and paste the way your business's information, you know, put it in a Word document, copy and paste it and paste it into every online directory so that info stays the same. If anything changes, you need to know right away. Make a list of everywhere you're registered and go through and change it all. And, and, an, and a tip that I have in there as well is if you have a spot where you have to describe your business, get the meetup front, you know, to get right into it, uh, you know, because some of these things are only going to show a limited amount of text. Yep. And if you spend the first 50 words of your statement, you know, on things that don't pertain to the value or benefit or why I should be calling you, mm -hmm. then you're probably hiding your content inadvertently. Yeah, absolutely. And this, and the directory thing goes for big budget or little budget. I mean, $75, $100 a month, different companies offer a service for that. And it, it not only makes your information, information, you know, the same, like I said, and presented accurately, but it actually protects you from malicious gray hat attempts to um, interfere with your business and how it's presented online. Because as we all know, Google just goes off suggestions. And so, you know, people are out there that will constantly make suggestions just to change the address of your business or change the service type or the description of the phone number or anything. It happens. So it's just a way to protect yourself. Interesting. Well, some of that stuff is just, you know, still falls under the general category of SEO as well. Um, you know, and not to discount any type of paid advertising, some of the most effective advertising you can actually place, especially for your uh, business in the beginning is like going back to things like Google Maps, mm -hmm. you know, these things that pop up that are first off and for, you know, right up front in a lot of different searches, like, you know, we're here in Kansas City, so I might search Kansas City plumbers. Yep. I have a high likelihood of calling the first thing that I see there on that list. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, those are things that most business owners can do for themselves and do pretty quickly. So you did kind of uh, uh, surprise me earlier with the mention of the directory, because I, too, am someone who hasn't really given that a ton of credence. When I think of directory, I think of the old internet directories that we would use for SEO that, you know, we would register to 10 million of them. Yeah. Knowing that none of them were going to really drive any traffic other than the link that was maybe making our webpage itself a little juicier for SEO purposes. So 
I think probably the main thing that most people are going to think about is things like Google AdWords. Yeah. You know, this pay-per-click. Uh, I mean, these companies are, are monstrously valuable for this very reason. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that can be a rabbit hole yes. without a bottom, both financially and, uh, and you're laughing when you say that because it's really true. And also just as far as like fine tuning it. Yeah. And you can get lost. Rabbit hole is perfect. We had, I'll give you an example. We were working with a company here that uh, was using paid adverts. And after a while, Google's just like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And people get a little complacent with it sometimes. And that, sure, sure. Why not? Uh, this was a company that provided, uh, you know, their service contractor covered the Kansas City Metro. And they realized that they had been registered in uh, the Twin Cities and Minneapolis and whatever the other twin is. That's when you get back to talking about the ability to fine tune some of this stuff to meet exactly your needs. And, you know, what you're talking about right there, I'll give you an example. When we first started doing, uh, you know, different types of, of PPC for Gigabook, we found that we were coming up a lot under people looking to make an appointment at the DMV. Well, and it took us forever to kind of uh, filter that out. And if you're listening, there is an option that you can do in, in, in these campaigns that are called negative keywords, mm-hmm. which means don't show me if this appears. Yeah. And it took us a long time to do that because of kind of like you mentioned, the inconsistency of data that people would type into a search field. And then, you know, here it's called the DMV or then some places it's the BMV and then it's just like all these different things. And I mean, even still to this day, I spend a little time each week and I review all the search terms that we were found for strictly for the reason of excluding certain things. And then also as the biz, as, as that particular product developed for us, we also realized that there were certain types of businesses that just had a very, very, very low likelihood of ever becoming our paying customer. Yeah. So we just quit advertising to them. You know, like I'll give you an example, like hair salons, people think that intuitively a booking platform would be great for hair salons. And yes, it is. The problem is, is there's about six of them that deal with nothing but hair salons. Mm -hmm. And they're quite honestly a better option than what we might present um, because they're going to have a lot less setup and they're just really kind of geared towards that particular business only. Yeah. So, you know, another funny one was babysitters. I think we've probably had, I don't think we've ever had a paying babysitter customer on Gigabook, but we have a blog article that shows up really high for babysitter appointment software. It's, it's, and the reason that they don't pay is because $8 or $15 or however many dollars a month is a lot more to a 12-year-old yeah. than it is to someone that's 36 and has nine employees. So, um, you know, talk about that rabbit hole. If you're not paying attention, you really can spend a lot of money on a lot of stuff. And like, and, and the problem is, is you're not getting any of it back. You realize this long past it exiting your wallet. It's exactly. And a lot of people like to go, they think, oh, I can pay for, you know, these words. I know how this works. I can do it myself. And that's fine. You know, go for it. But I see a lot of people get in trouble with that. And that's where your agency or your digital marketing professional comes into play because they will show you what, how are people finding you now? What are the words that are having people land on your page? How does the traffic get there? Is it through social media? Is it through these certain search terms versus what are the words you're targeting and how much are those searched? 
you know, some people think that they may want to look for a specific term and realize, one, nobody's finding you that way. And two, nobody's really looking for that very much. And on top of that, it can also be they're finding you, but they're not really doing anything with it once they get there. Exactly. That's been one of the things that I, that, you know, another thing that I do with the, you know, with paid ads is I'm also trying, you know, I have a, I have a number that I'm comfortable with as the average cost for converting someone into a free trial on Gigabook. Mm -hmm. And if over a two to four week period, or I, you know, I let it, consume a fair amount of clicks to give it a, you know, reason. Cause here's the thing. If you only look at something that's had eight clicks, you might only be one click away from it being within your, Oh, wow. That's a great value. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, this isn't working at all. But once I realize that certain things in certain terms are grossly underperforming, I, I remove the campaign or I schedule, I redo the, you know, the cost that I'm willing to pay per click to come up, hopefully to more in line with the better average. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, I think one of the things that people don't spend enough time looking at is really like, like I said, what it comes down to and where do you get your, your highest quality users? Yeah. Um, I mean, traffic is a fickle mistress because it's all about the conversions. I mean, you can have a hundred thousand visits to your website, but if your bounce rate is you know 96%, you're not, you're not helping anyone. You know, you're only hurting yourself. So you don't want to just go solely on that traffic and, no, that's it. Well, you're hurting yourself if you're stressing your resources. Absolutely. If you're not, then, oh, well, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, that's like with Stackify, that's one of the things Matt's got gotten really great at because they publish such quality blog articles. But a lot of the people that are visiting are just pedestrian. They're just there. They're just passing by. Mm-hmm. Um, they're there to read about the article and maybe they get an exposure to the brand and later. And that's really hard to judge Yeah, sometimes. But it definitely... Um, you know, so you can either have a very few amount of highly effective visitors, or you can have a zillion that trans. It just depends. Now he doesn't; he's not paying for all those clicks. Mm-hmm. If he was, that would be a total disaster. Well, high bounce rates do hurt your ranking, though. So yeah. you want to keep that in mind. How about uh, social media? You know, there's, there's, I. You talk about the definition of a business. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, like, are you doing a lot of stuff with Gigabook? And uh, are you trying to make these viral ad campaigns? Not really. Um, It's not really something that people are so passionate about that it'd be a lot easier to take sneakers and make an ad go viral and expect it to be shared and and viewed out a lot and stuff like that. Now, Mm -hmm. I also might be reaching an average age customer of 12 years old, Mm -hmm. but you know, certain things that people are passionate about or interested in are a lot more likely to be shared and consumed. I haven't had a ton of luck with things like Facebook ads when it came to Gigabook. Yeah, I, I can see that. And social media is interesting. Um, not, you know, really giving Blake some shout outs here. But, you know, when I met with him, he also mentioned that social media itself, that is a position. Uh, you know, you can offer that as a service in conjunction with everything you do in regards to digital marketing, but that sold, that is its own job. So, you know, if you find someone that's good at that, hold on to it because it's difficult. Um, social media is weird. It's not necessarily the information that goes viral and the content that gets spread around the world uh, is always not necessarily, lots of times it's not necessarily pertaining to the business that created it. You know, people watch videos of cats 
and and that video will go viral, but it was shared by some company and it doesn't really deliver their message, but it gets interaction. Um, you'll see advertisements for gadgets. That's really big, you know, tech gadgets that are presented by other companies. Like BuzzFeed is always doing, you know, specific short videos on a certain new drone or something like that. And that'll get a lot of interaction for that company, but you have to really dig deep to find, you know, the product itself. You're talking about that reminds me of the, you know, when you have most, like, for example, with uh, Google AdWords, you have the ability to um, distribute your ads across their broader network and be placed on other people's sites and stuff like that. That is actually, um, in my experience, one of the least effective ways to do it. And I think mm -hmm. part of it is because, like you said, here's this uh, thing in my Facebook feed that says, hey, do you want to see the 10 hottest girlfriends of professional athletes? Yeah, uh, sure. And then, you know, you're in there and it's just it's like a minefield. Yeah. Why won't Hollywood hire Lindsay Lohan anymore or, or, or whatever, whatever you're clicking? And, you know, they draw you in and, and, you know, they're hoping that you almost click the wrong part of the screen. Yep. And, you know, some of those ads and some of those, the ways that you can distribute them really kind of come out in a garbagey way. Now, at the same time, um, you can also use remarketing, which I, uh, which is great. Those are people that are, um, you know, have searched your related keywords or maybe even just been to your site. And, and who knows, maybe with uh, Facebook and Amazon uh, or uh, all these different things that are uh, listening to everything that I say anymore, mm -hmm. they're going to want to know, you know, uh, they're going to point me in the direction of whatever I've been mentioning. So, yeah, yeah for sure. And I think some of that stuff can be effective um, if done correctly. All right. Probably one of my favorite forms of digital marketing content. Yes. It's, it's the, that is where it gets a little bulky on the budget. Um, not but, for me. No, not, not if you have the time. Yeah. Well, I don't have the time, but at the same time, um, you know, I've made, I've made a little time here. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if, if you create, if you prioritize and set aside the time to create your own content, awesome. But uh, if you, if you own a business and you're trying to grow it, what else, what else do you have time for that's exactly. taking precedent over, you know, that. And I've talked to people about that because, I, you know, I said, well, what do I need to do? I'm like, well, you need to like, do, you need to write some blogs and offer some, some value and some content, some insight, or, you know, it's like fishing. The more lines that are out there, mm -hmm. uh, potentially can be the more fish that you're going to catch the wider the net, you know, yep. whatever you, it is you want to say for me personally, I do all kinds of interesting content. Maybe this podcast is part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as, uh, as blogging, uh, that's been something that, uh, myself and Matt Watson have both found, uh, uh, a lot of value in, although he does it a lot differently than I do. Mm -hmm. My articles are very short and brief and to the point, and they're, they're meant for specific industry types to understand very quickly why using Gigabook can benefit their business. And, uh, Matt, takes a more detailed approach that is geared more towards different types of web developers that might have general questions about mostly stuff that I don't understand. Yeah. It's that's, uh, yeah, it's pretty deep. It's the best content. I mean, that's the guru approach, you know, you, you, your, your blog caters more towards the inquiry. Yep. Um, whereas Matt's is more of the guru and that's true. And then now, one one thing I've spent quite a bit of time talking to people about is the importance of, of video. And 
this is something that is hard. And it's hard because producing a video that people want to see will continue to watch and then finding someone to do it right now is often hard. Yeah. Um, the amount of, of the supply and demand scale is very out of whack when it comes to that. Yes. Luckily, there are some companies that are making some good uh, at-home you know, DIY alternatives for people. Um, and you're right, though. I was, you know, I was watching a bunch of videos this morning, really short, but really good. They went viral, great information. And though, I mean, the value there, these were low budget. I, this person probably just paid for their $700 iPhone. But the, the amount of value that it created yeah. far surpasses. You know, well, and, and one thing that you should not underestimate is the fact that some people just want to watch the video. Yep. They don't want to read your page. They don't want to read your blog. They don't want to do much other than see what it is that you have to say. And, you know, we used to roll with that good old phrase of what was it? A picture's worth a thousand words. Well, you know, the still photography can cover a certain amount of stuff, but if you have the right kind of business or you're the right kind of personality or, you know, any of that, a video can make a great difference. It can really let give someone the look and feel of what they can expect from either through your services or at your location. And you can really say a lot in 15 seconds yep. as a business owner or someone that's sending a message. Uh, me personally, I've done, I produce all my own videos. I started just with a Mac and iMovie and then I graduated to Final Cut which yeah. was like a $300 investment. Uh, before you got here, I was actually uh, editing a video. About uh, Milk First? No, no, that's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, if you want to visit my uh, YouTube channel, you can join in on the conversation about how weird it is that there are actually people that pour the milk before the cereal. That's a whole nother topic, and don't get me started on that. Um, as far me personally, I'm just a big, I'm a big, uh, advocate of a video and I'll give you a couple tips, meaning the listeners, keep your video short, get right to the point. Don't have an overly long intro. Um, unless you're positive that the people that are going to watch it are going to stick around uh, seconds. You, you know, we have the term dog years, yeah. you know, it's like, what was it like six or seven or eight years is one, you know, human year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like that with video. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Whenever yeah. someone's like, Hey, watch this. And the first thing you do is look at right, how long is this? If you see 11 minutes, nope. It's panic mode. You're yep. like, Oh Lord. Yep. And if you can't get there, like it's literally like 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and maybe two minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for certain things, like for example, with Gigabook, we have a short demo and a long demo. Yeah, because some people want more info, but some people just want to they want to just what's the gist of this? Tell me in 30 seconds or 60 seconds. You know, you told me one time when we were talking, you said, you know, it's not just about controlling the message in in the video, but controlling how people hear your message. You know, it's hard to really convey that in text. Yeah. And that was actually related to, you know, we'll drop another, I'll drop another little gem here. Um, I actually use videos for various types of sales conversations and presentations. And if I'm, if I've been working on something for a while and I want to deliver a message, and here's the thing is getting, especially when you deal with bigger companies, getting all the decision makers together in the same room at the same time, and then having this focused conversation can be difficult. So sometimes I'll just make a quick, yeah, yeah, it's, it's rare. And sometimes I'll just make a quick video and I'll get to my points and I can add to it over time. But 
being able to do that will also, it allows me to control the points that are heard and the message that's sent and the value statements. And I'll just give you an example, and this is completely fictional, but you know, oftentimes with Gigabook, we'll be talking to a developer or an IT person or someone like that. The points that they find as valuable might be completely different than the guy that makes the decision. Yeah. And so I try to get a little mix of both of that in there, you know, like, for example, the, the tech guy is more concerned about integration and how it's going to work on a web page. And the guy that owns a business is saying, is this going to bring me more business? Is this going to save me money? Is this going to you know, help me sell more? Um, I think one of the last things we can talk about, too, is 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 audio is a podcast. Is that digital marketing? It is. It, as long as you put this online somehow, then it becomes digital marketing um, the moment somebody else hears it. Uh, but it is, you know, one neat trick with podcasts is you can transcribe them. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's, you know, there's software out there, there's technology out there that'll transcribe it for you and will actually take out all the ums and buts and all that. And you can use that as actual written word content. Searchable content. Yep. Yeah, we've done some of that. Rev.com. There, there you go. go. A dollar a minute. All right. That's good stuff. They, they'll, they'll send your check in the mail for that. Maybe I, I do not have a relationship with them. I just know that uh, um, it's, uh, it's, that's a good spend. You know, as far as creating a podcast, you know, I, I've done a lot of different things to try to create what I'll refer to as a well-rounded media presence. And this was last and I probably should have done it first. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the last episode was about building a, a personal brand. Yeah. And I mentioned the same thing, but I'm going to say it again. The, the beauty of a podcast is, as opposed to something like a YouTube video, is it doesn't force you to say no to something else. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people uh, send us messages and they say, I was listening on my ride to work. Yeah. You know, so let's, and, and it allows you to do a lot of different things. Now, if you wanted to create, first off, not to downplay what we've done with the Startup Bustle podcast, podcasting is not hard. It is not a difficult thing to create. Um, you know, it's it, it's such a massive form of of listenership that exists out there when yeah. it comes to podcasts. But you have to have something. You got to stay topical, and you can realize hey, this isn't going to be an ongoing thing, but still create a lot of value. Like once again, you've defined your business. Uh, for example, if you were a dog trainer, mm -hmm. you could have a five-part series podcast that would, that's it. That's where it ended. And yeah. you got into a whole lot of stuff and you can use, even use some of these things but to help the dog trainer or dog walkers in the country or whatever listen to you. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, you can put that kind of stuff out there. It doesn't mean you need to be ongoing with it. And it also gives you a lot of uh, interesting and valid options to put on simple things like your website. Mm -hmm. um, in most, in a lot of cases, people want to hire an expert. Yeah. And if you are an expert and you do, know what you're talking about, it's a good way to kind of capture a few extra clients or customers or possibly just explain something that yeah. isn't always that easy to explain mm -hmm. in a few lines of text. Yep. So, like, well, I'll tell you what, Mason, this is a lot of stuff. It is. How would I reach you if I wanted some help doing any of this? Um, well, you can email me at mason at grape.marketing. And I'll answer, you know, any questions you may have to the best of my ability. 
You know, another thing too is that I love Grape as a name because it really, I'm going to recommend if you do that so he knows that you listen to the podcast, come up with a play. Um, I like to say you're the goat. You're the grapest of all time. Yes. Um, we like strive for <laughs> grapeness. Uh, everything. So feel free to uh, mention your plays on on grapeness at the uh, Startup Hustle Facebook chat. Are you uh, okay with answering a few questions if we post a link up there? I think you remember that group, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'll answer any questions. Okay. And hopefully uh, you guys have them. Well, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Mason, thanks for coming by. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.